You're listening to Formby Podcast. In this podcast, we hear a Lancashire accent. Jimmy Goldborn, one of Joan Rimmer's 1993 tapes. Did I have an authentic um, Formby accent? Because they were trying to collect all these regional accents. And it was hilarious because, honest to goodness... (laughs) Jimmy was a plumber and he was a good friend to Muriel Sibley because when she came to Formby, um, she didn't know anybody and she needed a plumber. And I didn't, I didn't know her as well then. I knew her, but I wasn't that friendly with her. But she somehow got, got Jimmy because I didn't know have him as we didn't have him as a plumber, but he was funny. Anyway, and he was very good to her and she thought the world of him. And he was actually with her when she died. He was with her in the nursing home the day she died. Really? Yeah, he was. And he was upset too. Um, anyway, um, so I asked him if he'd do it, and he'd been married. Before, he'd had to, he had, he got divorced from his first wife, and he's got these two boys. And then he married Jessica. Well, he, he was only a little man, and she's big. <laughs> she's she, she's a bit like you, really. But she was she was she was a house big. Boy. Are you saying that I'm big? No, well, you're bigger than me. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, anyway, um, she, he, he, he married, she was a house mother for Abbey Field and he married Jessica. She'd never been married before and he married Jessica. And they were a scream, honestly, they really were. And she keeps interrupting on this tape. But the day we went, so <clears throat> he said yes, he'd like to do it or he would do it. Where um, did they record it? In his house. And he lived up in Kent Road. In 1991? 1991. And it's on, on, on my thing that I've got the date. Anyway, um, so that's right. So I rang him and told him I found somebody who was willing to see him uh, at his house because he said he would do it at his house. Whoever it was, he'd choose. He'd go bring all his equipment to the house. So uh, I, I said, well, if you don't know for me, he said, oh, no, I've never been anywhere over there. So uh, this is going back long before navigation and ourselves and things. So I said to him, well... Um, if you can find your way to Formby and find the Royal Hotel, which is on the main road once you get into Formby, um, I'll meet you at the Royal Hotel, and he lives dead opposite, in the road opposite, um, and we can go there. So that's what we did. Well, I didn't know this. When we got there, the day before, Jessica comes to the door with the arm in a sling. <laughs> in a sling. And I didn't know this, but the day before, she broke her arm. Well, honestly... I got all the story of the broken arm before we even got in the door. Well, we went in, and then we got when we went in the house. It was a ro- one room, uh, you know, a through room, just one through room, where where they lived. <coughs> Not like mine. It was ni- a nice big room, you know. Um, but they got a big bell inside it for the telephone because they were both deaf. Well, it was hilarious because uh, he put up, set up all his equipment and told him what he was going to do. He set it all up in the room, and we just got started. It, that's all on that tape. That uh, that. Um, but whilst we were doing this, people kept ringing up. Well, honest, it was it was hilarious. The man and I were in stitches because every time that this great big bell rings, you know, we nearly jump through, and then she's telling them the story of the broken arm all the time. It was it was an absolute scream. Well, do you want to listen to it? Yeah.
I'm all right now. Well, what are you going to tell me about yourself? I don't know. Yeah, I know do I. Where were you born? <laughs> but when I was born? Where? Where? I was, oh, I was born, born in Pornby. I was born in... Generation. In New Road. The year after me, father and mother moved from Sharaka's Lane, which is now known as Liverpool Road. Southport Road. <laughs> Southport Road, sorry, Southport Jean. Road. Aye, Southport Road. And would it be very impolite if I asked when you were born? Yes, it, I'll tell you. It's <laughs> very amazing. Not that I'm a, I'm not a woman. During the First World War, which I don't know what I was born before the First World War. <laughs> uh, I was in 1914, on the 11th month of the 19th day. And what, what did your dad do for a living? My dad was a carter. That was his, uh, his nom de plume, but he did all sorts of work. He finished up digging graves at St Peter's Churchyard as a... The the bird, yeah. And did your mother ever work other than housework? No, never, never. Not as I can remember, no. Lots of brothers and sisters? Brothers and sisters? Oh, uh, they uh, are four sisters. They're all married. I'm the youngest one, of course, they were all married. And I was the uh, youngest, left, young one left at home. And my elder sister, she died when she was 80, just on 80. Uh, she had a leg removed, she, got, she was diabetic. And from then on, like, of course, that was the end of her. <coughs> my other sister, younger sister, no, the young, younger sister, Bet, that was the second one, she emigrated to America with her family. Uh, and, uh, Really made a wonderful life for herself, because and all because of her speech. She was a confectioner in England. She served a time with a woman called Molly Marshall, informed me here. I'm listening to him. We'll have to change the microphone. Ah, this making a noise. Ah, the fact that Eunice's mum was very young. Oh yes, I've just got to say that. Yes. She, that, that, that was the second sister who went to America. She um, she served a time with Molly Marshall as a confectioner. Right. But unfortunately, when she was married, she married a chap from uh, Waterloo who was a docker, worked on the docks, he was a checker on the docks. And unfortunately, he died when he was 30. And he left her with two kiddies. And she brought them up and educated them and she, uh, she had a very hard time because she couldn't get enough money as a confectioner so she had to go as an industrial cook and she worked all hours of the time, day and night you know to to survive but she did and they were both quite quite good very good kids they were uh, can i just go back a bit uh, may i ask you about your dad my dad do you know where he came from he came from Formby. Right, and your mum? My mother, my mother came from Rainhill. And her, her parents came from Scotland to build the railway between Scotland, uh, between Rainhill and Liverpool. He was a joiner and he came from Scotland on the rail, when the railway was first started, you know, muted and they were starting building that. And that's how they, they came to Formby and the name was Robinson. Now, when you were a lad, did they talk broader than they do today? 
Oh yes, no. I you could hardly understand my dad. What sort of things might he have said? Pardon? What sort of things might he have said? Oh well, like such as if he he used to say, uh, 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 Jem Sutton's payay. Well, to that doesn't make sense, does it? Well, that would be a pea field. Jim Sutton's pea field. And I don't know, quite, quite, quite quaint. He was getting a new Gansey, things like that, wasn't it? Pardon? He was getting a new Gansey. Oh, aye, that's right. Aye, this wouldn't be a jumper, it was a Gansey and all that sort of business. Oh, yeah, of course, I, I forget now, I'm getting a bit older me yet. Jim, well, just tell him about when you told me about your dad being a huckster. Oh, yes, I, 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 haven't, I haven't mentioned that before, didn't I? Yeah. Yes, well, he, as I say, unfortunately, my grandfather died when he was 30, 30-odd. 30 His uh, gravestone's in St Peter's Churchyard with my grandmother's. Uh, and uh, my dad was loaned out to Mary Neal. Now, Mary Neal had this, at the boathouse, had a little cottage in, um, oh, Berkey Lane. Berkey Lane. Beer house, licensed to sell beer and tobacco. But she also had the market gardeners, and they run all the length of Freshfield Road, the uh, uh, Raymills Lane. Before them, before them houses were built in Raymills Lane, because even to this day, there's pear trees there that must be 200 years old <laughs> growing in the gardens. And and uh, he was rent he was loaned out by my grandmother. She couldn't afford to keep them, and he he got a, she'd probably get a shilling a week or something like that off Mary Neal, and he got his keep. And he's and he worked for her, and he worked there till he was 21. Because with that, the beer house and tobacco, he was always in debt because he only got, they only got paid, or what they call having a reckoning, on every Michaelmas day. <laughs> that was once a year. It's just hard to believe, like it's only a generation ago, isn't it? And uh, he was always in debt and he, anyway he, he broke the sequence when he was 21 and he got he got out of that and he went to work in Olke as a carter and he used to uh, load up with uh, stuff from the farms take them to market get drunk throw them on the cart and the horses used to bring them home again and that was that was the way where they were those days uh, and uh, then from then on I think he got a bit more stable when he got married, and he went to live with me. Went to work for my uncle Bill Dean, carting uh, the building firm. And then what happened? Oh, uh, after that he went. Uh, in the 1914 war, he was called up to the Liverpool docks. Yet because being a driver, uh, or, or teamsman, uh, teamsman as they call them, he wanted them. To, to clear the dock sites, etc., and he got he got injured a bit. He had a door uh, warehouse door on him or something. I can't remember the proper tale, but he got hurt, so he he, he was sent back home again then. And uh, he, that's when he went when he worked for my uncle Bill, 
I'm from then and he stayed with Bill Dean until quite for a while. Bill Dean was a builder, was he? Bill Dean was a builder, yeah. Uh, Dean Brothers. And, so, um, so where were you brought up? I was brought up in New Road. In Formby? In Formby. What kind of house was that? That was a house owned by my Uncle Bill, Uncle the Dean Brothers firm, in New Road. It was a... Uh, it was bought for £80 a pair of houses. They were ready for dropping when we went in, I believe. And they were still there when I was, what? After the war, they dropped them. What sort of houses? 40. Oh, per, you know, it's per, semi. just semi. semi, yeah, yes, semi size. How many bedrooms? Uh, three bedrooms, three bedrooms. Three bedrooms and uh, two, three, three downstairs rooms. Had he got a flush toilet? Or? No, no, that came in. Oh, he had no flush toilet. Good gracious, no. He didn't even have a what to call it. Uh, he didn't have a toilet at the back. It was down the, down the, right, down the garden. Uh, a bog hole, like, you know. And then it got improved a little bit. They had the noise soil people come. And um, then after the war, they put, uh, I think it was compulsory, they put, put flush toilets in. Just at the back one, outside lavatory. What do you mean, a bog hole? <laughs> a bog hole. Well, I don't know what you mean. It was a... Long drop? Uh, no, 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 not even a long drop. A long drop was luxury. That day they were in Birkdale. <laughs> well, they had a long drop in Bolton. No. They, there was a wooden seat with a bucket under it. It was like my granddad's And the nice old people used to come and take it overnight, uh, once a week. Once a week. Take it away, and that was it. And put some uh, flea powder or whatever, something awful smelly in it, and that was, your, that was a lot. Fantastic, delightful. <laughs> so, just jumping ahead a wee bit, how do you... It'll be free, well, we were just talking before the telephone rang. What were we talking about? <laughs> about uh, um, the conditions at home. The, the yeah, we, we, we moved on from that plumbing. Okay. How did you become involved in plumbing? That's what I wanted to know. Well, I was always interested in building, like, you know, that was... That was the, the big lift, if you get on the buildings in here, you were one step up above the next of the buildings because you're, you're either working as a gardener's boy or on the farms or whatever. So naturally, if you could get in the buildings, that was a, a good thing because it was starting to grow. The village was starting to grow. And it oh, got... Whoa, 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 go back a minute. Ah. I don't understand something you've said there. You talked about the palms. What's that? The... You said the palms. The palms. What's that? He said uh, he'd be working on the palms. The palms. The palms. Sorry, misheard. Yeah. So you wanted to try and... I break away from that sort of business. That was every yeah. lad's ambition, more or less, you know, from school. And... Um, uh, I had a great chum then, Eric Tyra, to, uh, who was former... Um, what was his name? What was her name? Mortley and Tyler were decorators and uh, 
doing and my mate at school was Eric Tyra. Now Eric got a job as uh, was a bit older than me. I think he left a uh, year before, and he got a job with with uh, Barton's building construction. So of course that was my ambition was to get with Barton's building construction, but there was no jobs going at those particular times. But the joiner on this job had started a little small thing on the by the brook at Moss Side, which is a, quite a big story if you want to listen to it. And he's, Eric said to me, if you go and help Harry Snowden on a Saturday morning, we probably get you in at Barton's. So, uh, this was just before I'd left school. So, oh yes, I'd go and help Harry Snowden. So I went to Harry Snowden's a uh, couple of Saturday mornings, and the next Saturday morning I went, uh, they're going to kill a pig. He was living as a, um, not, as a lodger with a Mrs. Bolton who had this little farm called Beer House at Tobacco right on the Brook Bank. So I went there and he said, oh, we're going to kill a pig this Saturday morning. Will you light the boiler fire? So, oh, yes, I'd like the boiler fire. So Harry said, oh, there's plenty of chips there, plenty of chips. Lovely little oak pegs and all sorts, oh, loads of wood. So right enough, I got in. This was the, must have been about eight o'clock because we were early birds. <laughs> Lit the fire, got it lovely blazing away there, water bubbling, and I was waiting to kill this pig because those days the lads used to have to hold the pig when he got the throat. <laughs> yelled, <laughs> yelled the legs because it kicked. And uh, we... Uh, who went away then? Suddenly a voice come over the root bank. What the bloody hell are you doing? What's up with old Nick, said Mrs. Snowden, because they lived on the farm on the other side of the bank. He's gone mad. He's running up and down, waving his arms. So she said, what's there? What's ailing him? So we all went out to see. We thought old Nick had gone mad. And then we realised the bloody house was on fire. The thatch. <laughs> And the smoke was blowing the smoke away and nobody saw it. <laughs> so that was the end of the pig killing for that day because about two hours, two hours later the, the brigade turned out smartly under a Captain Ernest Menace and the house was very near level with the ground. Except a little bit of the roof and Jack Ackers and Jimmy Meadows, they were two little round fat fellas couldn't get the, couldn't find the the water main. It was overgrown with weed and grass. So they started a bucket line from the brook. And I was the last man in the brook. And the bucket was heavier than me. So when I filled it water, every time, every other time, I took a head into the brook. <laughs> anyway, these two climbed up. Jimmy, I can see him now. These two, two fat lads, fat fellas he were with pikers, and every time they got a pikel in and pulled the thatch off, the, the dust was like gunpowder. <laughs> it knocked them off the roof. 
and it rolled down, and it was only five foot, you know, at the bottom of the room, very low, they got it, and all the mucking at the bottom, and they go up again and climb the roof. It was a scream. Anyway, it, flat, it burnt it down to ground, and all Mrs. Snowden was saying, where's my bloody duck eggs? She'd got her... Uh, um, <laughs> a little um, incubator in the front room, hatching duck eggs. <laughs> anyway, she, she got the duck eggs and they went to live in the barn, which was about, about 400 years old. And running rats running around the place, you know. And they lived in there for a while until they got, they got a, to Green's farm. That was a place that somebody went, uh, old Green, I think, died off and... and uh, <laughs> they went to live. Harry sure. Stone got, got the palm. And that, that was it, that was it. But uh, they always blame me for burning Mrs. Bolton's palm down. What was the word you used there? Uh, 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 Two-edged uh, two pitchfork. What do you mean two-edged? Uh, two, two prongs. Just two? Two, two prongs. Right. Uh, uh, they call him a pike. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this didn't guarantee you instant access into this company then, this new company? Which company is that? Well, you said um, you were getting the experience to get into this company. Oh, oh no. But after that, I thought that's enough of end farming. <laughs> I'd had me Phil being blamed for all this. So I was going down the street and my cousin Bill, well, he wasn't my cousin. He was a cousin called Cousin Bill Dean. What are you doing, Jeremy, lad? He said, I said, oh, I, I'm, what do you call it? I'm looking for a job. He said, well, uh, I know a lad who wants uh, a fella. And he said, do you know Chris Allen? He said, no, never heard of him. Oh, he said, he's looking for a lad. He's a plumber. Oh, I said, ah, oh, you know, we're interested then. So I went to work for Chris Allen. Well, Chris Allen went, went broke within three weeks, so... <laughs> Going in, but he, he no, connection, uh, no. no, for old Chris, he, he was working, and we only worked for a short spell with him in Stanley Road on a one pair of houses. But he, he had no idea, he, he was he was he was just having a go, like. And uh, he said, as he said, I, I'm finishing up, I'm emigrating. <laughs> I don't know where he was emigrating to because I never saw him again, and uh. uh he said, I've got your job, and I went to, I went to old Joe Ward. That was an established firm. And, of course, I was apprenticed to them, and that was it. Uh, How I long stayed, was apprenticeship? Uh, seven years. Seven years. Uh, seven years. But it was on pull money when I was 19, which was an absolute, doing incredible those days. Uh, yeah. Were a lot of properties uh, off Mains Water? You mentioned there was a water thing, but I'm thinking about some of the more outlying properties. Did they still have their own supply? Oh, no, not all of them, no. It's surprising. Uh, uh, a lot of the farms didn't have them, but they had... The Southport Waterworks were, were clever, you know. They, they'd done uh, an awful lot of... Good work. Southport Waterworks were really progressive. Really yeah. progressive. They were really. 
mean, this, when you were alone, presumably this was really like a big village, was it? Oh, aye, aye, I'm sure it was, yeah. Everybody knew one another and... If you're how much are we talking? How big a place are we talking about? Oh, about, what is it, about... Uh, about 2,000 folk. Somebody for you, Jess. Just boys' school. And a, I don't know how many... Uh, right. All told in the girls' school, I think it was less. That was St. Peter's school. So you can, from a number like there, it was hardly, it's hardly built up at all. Right. Every, every, every road, street, there was a park. We were looking for these markers and went <laughs> following them on and getting the doings without getting the wet. Yeah. I, um, I got uh, eggs and uh, uh, crates of eggs and all sorts. Crates yeah. of eggs and they were all right, those. Were they? Oh, I, because they haven't gone through if you got them out early. Yeah. But the best kind <coughs> that we ever got was um, Glexo milk. Glaxo. Dried milk, Gracious. dried milk crates of it. Well, it was ideal. He stored it. He had it all over. Whoa! <laughs> well, where was this from? And for the point, the the uh, it got on the revetment, as he called it, when the ships were coming in. As soon as it started, no lights. They were done. And what was the name of the ship? Oh, one was called the PQ. PQ, I can't remember them. I wasn't interested in name of ships. I was interested in the loot. And how did you get out to them? Pardon? How did you get out to it? Straight path right down here. Straight to the arrow. It goes right, right straight to the shore. Did you have to wade? Oh, yeah. Up to his neck. Oh, aye, because if you saw a box and waited for it, somebody would probably be here. And by the time it had drifted, come in, it'd be a mile away. So if you, if you could get it early on, you know, you had to grab it and pull it in. When was this? Oh, that was in 39, 41, it would be, because I know two years following, both two ships came up. This, this uh, got wrecked, I think, by the... Um, the uh, what's this doing? The landmark. There's a landmark out at sea there. Yeah. Out on the shore, you know, quite out far. Um, it's not far from that where that ship still shows. Oh yeah. You know, you know the land, the mast sticking out of the sand. Well, you, you were here during the Second War. Yeah. What What was happening around the world? The The war. Yeah. Oh, we had a one for an elaborate time. We were all, we were all uh, either in the fire brigade or the. ARP, and then when you'd done your turn there, you were called up. It just depended on who. A lot of the lads went immediately because they were in the... Uh, um... You worked on munitions, didn't you, James? Um, you worked on munitions at Kirby, didn't you? No, I built on on building chalets. Oh. Building chalets. Chalets. Little chalets, brick on edge. What for? For the, living, for the people to live in who were making the munitions. Where was that? In Kirby. Yeah, where were the chalets? Uh, was uh, that in Kirby? In Kirby, all yes, right round here in Kirby. Oh, what uh, do you mean by a chalet? They were little houses. Mm. You had a bathroom, a front room, <coughs> a bedroom. Eating room, a bathroom, and just chalets. And they, to, to save expense, you know, the, the brick. It's, it's uh, flat and, and doing. They put them brick on edge, 
and they just they were just one brick on edge all the way up no cavity or anything like that and I stopped the job there was a load of Londoners came down and they were real scabs they were they'd all fellas who'd come off with disabilities some of them imaginary but some of them got away with it and they, they were always on for, for time off and the brick setters uh, build the bricks and they used to leave the bricks out where you put the waste pipes through well sometimes they were brick out you'd have to send even this is wartime it's hard to believe you'd have to send your lad to the office to tell a brick setter to come over and he'd come with a mate to cut a, a bit of a brick off and this was the war? This was on the war time. And I said, to hell is this? I was thinking about some of my poor mates, Harry Madden, and then we got shot in the first, in the 8th Army, who were dead. And I got me out and belt the brick out. And one day I belted the brick out, and a head come round the wall. And, what are you doing, mate? There was two of them, and I didn't know it, sitting round in the sun, the other doing. And they stopped the job, Lomax, the, the, Boss Plummer came to me, what the bloody hell have you done? I said, what's, what's up, what happened, what have I done? He said, they're, all, they're on strike now. Um, I said, what happened? He said, you're not supposed to cut bricks. I said, oh, you know, that's not cut. I'm only knocking a bit of a corner off. He said, you've got to stop a job for that. He said, they have, you know. They're on strike. They had the afternoon off. They were back to work. Did you ever go into the munitions courts? <coughs> no, 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 no. Oh, no. There was, it was semi-secretive all the time. You just had a card to get on the site, and that was it. You didn't get away. And were families living in these chalets? I wouldn't know. I couldn't honestly say anything about them, except we built them, and then we moved on. As you, as you finished them, you're given another block. We kind of worked on... Um, on um, uh, a bonus system, a type of bonus system. And who are you working for? Working for for um, Costains of London. Not this, not this Costain. There was a branch, but they had already originated in uh, Waterloo, the Costain family. But they they got big, like you know, this was a one of the doings branches that came down to, from London, and. Uh, that's what uh, it was like, but the the, the system was marvellous. It was like a uh, a belt system you worked on. You did so much and then moved on again. You didn't complete a house. You didn't complete a house. You did so much. I used to wipe seven joints and put a put a wash basin up and a toilet in, and I didn't complete it. I didn't put the cistern in. I just planted it in, but but I did this completed the wash basin. Taps everything, wipe seven joints, then off to the next house. Now, what about uh, plumbing work in Formby itself? Oh, what sort of things did you do? Mostly jobbing work. We did our new work. If you got on a new job, you know, that was uh, wonderful because we're mostly doing maintenance work on the big houses and praying for a big frost in the winter so you, so <laughs> you didn't come out of work like the rest of the fellas because it was. The universal thing was, in October, painters, uh, October would say, well, 
We'll see you in the spring. Thank you very much. That was the end of their day. Then they had to exist, whatever way. So, uh, and all gardeners, they, it was all, all the same, you know, it was terrible. But with us, like, that was our harvest, as they called it. We were lucky, one of the lucky few. Uh, did any of the houses have sort of bathroom suites in? Oh, yes. Oh, the big houses had marvellous bathrooms. Oh, yes. By golly, they did. Victoria Road. Oh, you could walk around there, baths. They had uh, showers and everything. Oh, marvellous. What would you have in the sort of basic cottage? Basic uh, cottage. A tin bath. A tin bath and one tap in the back kitchen. Uh, yeah. So how did you learn to wipe the joints? Well, it's, um, I went to night school, but they couldn't, you can't teach anybody to wipe a joint. You've got to have, have the gift, pick it up themselves. And once, you, once you've got it, it's there for life. You can see the metal, you know, when it's ready and everything. You can't, it's impossible. It's, you can't be, you can be taught you can be taught how to wipe a joint, but some people would never have it, you never get the ability. Where did you go to night school? Southport. And that was another story. I was working with old Joe Ward. He wasn't in the Master Plumbers Association. So after the first year I was there, which I did very well at, uh, I got a note from the night school don't attend night school anymore until we found out if Mr. Ward is going to join the Plumbers and Master, the Plumbers, Master Plumbers Association. So Mr. Ward said, what do I want to join the Master Plumbers Association for? So I got the sack and then I got, they told me not to go anymore. And then I got, a, my parents got a letter saying, why aren't you been attending class? So that got them out of that, that, that got them out of a hole and put me in one, <laughs> and that was the end of that. But it, I did quite quite. Uh, I like night school. It was good. I wish uh, I had been able to go on. These big houses did they have central heating as well? Oh yes. Ah, four-inch pipes under the cellars. Great big massive four-inch pipes and massive radiators. You know the old uh, oh. I forget the name, I forget the types, I forget these things these days. They do like blink elephants' legs, great monster, cast, all cast iron. What, coke, was, coke type? Oh, coke, aye. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, uh, there are boilers there, I could stand up in very near. There's the only one snag about that, gardeners had to go and attend to the boilers. So it was a seven day a week off if you work for one of the big houses. Some day a week on, rather. Not unless I had two or three gardeners where one could swap. Lots of these fellows used to have to go and stoke up before the, the Sunday started at, in, the Victoria, in the Victoria Road. Did you have to look after drains as well? Oh, yes. Oh, we, we laid them. We laid them. And old Jack Hodge, that, the surveyor, who came up from the First World War, who'd had his leg blown up, he was the, um, what we call a nuisance man because old Jack wouldn't uh, pass anything because he used to smoke test drains and all that sort of business and uh, put these uh, plants on and 
and he used, to, he used to have a man who did all the pumping and putting the plugs in and that, and old Jack would uh, go along with, on his crutch. There's a smoker there, mate. I'll come again tomorrow and give you another test <laughs> to make it good. Aye. Yeah. And who would do the digging? Oh, anybody. Anybody available. There was no demarcation lines every day. You dug, your, dug yourself or... Oh, labourers or anybody, eh? Now, you must have some tales about block drains. Block drains, oh, yeah. Rather unblocking, eh? Aye. Aye. Aye, I got... Um, aye, the... Uh, I'll well, tell you what we once did, though. Uh, we had a... We had a... Uh, well, I don't know what he was called. He was a concrete man. Uh, I won't mention his name because he's still there, maybe he's still alive. He was a, a bit of a genius, this fellow, and he uh, made concrete prefabricated uh, all sorts of things in concrete. And he got talking to somebody about the drains in Shireburn Road. So he said to this fella, I could cure that, I could put you a sump in where the water, excess water, would flow into a drain and it would percolate into the ground, which everybody thought we're always trying. But of course the ream was a lot, a lot higher than it is now. It might work, it might possibly work now. So he said, I'll get three big round six-foot pipes sections and you get the men to sink them in the ground and put some pebbles at the bottom and when that's filled up it will percolate away so if Billy Sutton's still alive Billy he, I was working for young Will Dean then that's my cousin he said, well, what do you reckon of this, Jim? I said, it's bloody foolish. The ream will be up before the before the the water comes. He said, oh, well, never mind, do it. He said, we're going to get paid for it. Not our suggestion, it's somebody else's. So we got these three sections, but to sink them in was another question. So I, I got the job, me and Billy, this labourer, was doing it. So we... Planted one in, we dug one in, started it up. Then he got in the middle and he threw the stuff out and I threw it away. So kept going round and it sank down. So when it got so far, we put another ring on, did it again. Well, by the time we got to the second one, Billy was in water. So we eventually got the third one on because we had to pump the water out when Billy was throwing sludge up to me. It wasn't, it wasn't water, it wasn't soil or anything. We eventually got these down, but an awful struggle, I can remember to this day. And we got some uh, grit and that, we put that in, and all these stones, filled it all up. And I reckon before we got to the front gate, the water was six foot. <laughs> this was going to percolate the water away, when the water started running back in <laughs> created a well. <laughs> we made a well, that's all we've done. And this was this brilliant idea. All that work. Uh, it took us a week. 
do this for nothing. It's a brilliant idea. I won't open wondering if anybody's ever fallen in it. What about this person in Wicks Lane? Oh. With you and Jack Ackers? Oh, <laughs> oh that was another nightmare. <laughs> I got a call this day. I've got a leak in the front garden. Will you come down, James? He was a Captain Wayman and he was a bugger up the back. He was, he was a terrible man. He was a nice fellow, but by the hell, he was short fused. <laughs> and he says, I've got a burst there, I think. He said, I can hear the water racing. I said, you have an all. So I said, well, I'll turn it off at the front. I went to find the front. There's no stop tap here. It was a dirt road. I said, I can't find no stop tap. I, I might dig for a week before I find that. I'll have to get a shut off. What do you mean? I said, well, I'll have to go and get Jack Hackers. Arrange a shut off so that we can dig out. But we can't dig out with all that water there. Because as fast as you dig, the sides will fall in. So I said, I'll get range with Jack, and he can, if he can get a short cut off, which was just a short piece of uh, doing, I know he'll give me one because of the waste of water. Uh, and we can leave it for an hour, at least get some of it away. So, sure enough, I arranged with Jack Hackers, and Jack said, Right, I'm busy, it's a Friday. Well, being as I know, you know, special mate of yours, I'll give you a shut off, but I, you can only have it for an hour because the people will be playing hell. But if you'd leave it off much longer than that. So I said, Well, if I can get it open, Jack, I'll, I'll put a piece of pipe in and that'll be it. Fair enough. So I goes along with a couple of feet of half inch seven pipe, all my tools and so on. I was only on a bike those days, not a, not a car, you know. Arrived there with his spade. Captain Wayman's at the gate. He said, I see you've got the water off then. I said, yes, Mr. Acker, shut it off. And a while back, it, it's drying up now. He said, aye. So I got stuck in, dug the pipe out, lifted the lead, and it broke off. It had been buried in cinders, and it was like just like a carrot. When you'd moved it, it cracked. Oh, God. Anyway, I said, well... I'll have to be careful, so I dug as deep as I could and I wiped a piece of pipe in. And right old Jack, Jack was there by this time, was across the line, waiting for me. Turn on, turns on. Bang! <laughs> Another burst. It broke up, you know, with, with the doings, it was that rotten. To be buried in cinders, it's the worst thing in the world to bury a lead pipe in. So, shut up again, Jack. I can't. I'll have to leave it on. Say, well, well, what are we going to do? There's water flowing out here. They're filling the hole up and everything. Right, he said, well, give, me, give them a few minutes. And the people will draw water. The fill the systems. I shut off again. Do you know, that went on. We went right along the garden. We came out. We were under the fence. Under the fence at six o'clock at night. And Jack, the last bloody time, I'm turning off. I don't care a bugger what happens. And this old wave, Captain Wayman says, said, I knew he's going to pay for all this lot. So he said, Jack said, oh, you are. Oh, just a minute, my man, he said. You're not, a, it's off my property now. And he was right, you know. He said, you're in the roadway. You will have to come to some arrangement about this. So I said, anyway, Jack, cut a, 
the last time, just once, this once more, and perhaps we'd be out of the where the cinders was. And sure enough, we got about a foot of good pipe, and Matt wiped a piece on and the pieces that were on, and he, Jack was looking at me and he said, "Now creep out of there and don't cough." <laughs> Turned on, and away we went. Okay, love. When the day of reckoning comes, yeah. old Captain Weymouth said, there, oh, I'm not paying for all that, you know, that piece of the roadway, nothing to do with me. So I said, you better see the waterworks, because I'll charge you for the amount of pipe. He said, but who's going to charge for the time? Yeah. He said, have you going to work? Uh, anyway, get out there. But it worked out all right, but what a nightmare. I never sweat so much in all my life as that. I thought I'd never do it, you know. Because... Yeah. If we'd have got to a stop tap, we'd have been right. We never found it. We didn't get quite as far as a stop tap. Ah, <sighs> uh, well, that's a, <laughs> uh, the, way, the way it is sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh, well, you, you have to unblock toilets and things like that. Oh, yeah. Do that kind of work. Oh, yeah. Aye. Yeah. Oh, we, had, we, we got a, what do you call it? Um, a force pump. You drew water up into it. Like a stirrup pump. Aye, but you drew water up into it, and then when you shoved it down, it went out with such a rattle, it had shipped anything. It, it would actually, I was always afraid it would explode a pipe. There was that much pressure, but it used to move most things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you got some awful, awful, awful what do you call it, jobs. Awful jobs. Aye, oh, craggy. And then the people say, so, some people, Honest to goodness, I went to a house and it was a new property one time and I went one dinner time. Mm. I was on I was working on a on a what do you call it job and the, this person had been on the phone about three times about the the block drains and I said uh, oh I'll nip along at dinner time. It'll only be a little bit. And I went round the house and the yard was a drift as high as skirting in water. <laughs> and I said What's happened here? How long has it been like this? Oh, she said, only a day. Oh, I said, you know. Oh, oh no. Well, where's the manhole? Oh, she said, well, when we had the extension bit, extension built, did it say something about a manhole? I said, did they make any provision? Like, is, it, any, is there anything in the house? Any, any... An indication. Oh no, she said. It builds over it, doesn't it? It built over this drain, and then I had to find out the drain at the front. So when I, I found the drain at the front easy enough, lifted it up, it was dry, there was nothing in it. So I said, well, there's only one solution about this. I'll rod backwards and hope to goodness I can dislodge whatever it is. I, I rod it back. I run it backwards, and I came to a salt. You can always tell when you've been on the you know, use the rods. I came to an empty space. I said, I'm in another manhole. So they built over a manhole on the, on the extension. This is true. So I wobbled it around for a bit, and I thought, well, I'm not going to get nowhere here. I'll have to go and break where that water is, somewhere or other. I'm going to have to get back that way. Yeah. So I thought, I'll have another go, and I'll give it another go. And I thought, hey. I can hear something. I could hear water start trickling. So I twisted the rods out and started pulling it out. 
and sure enough the water stopped. So what I was, I'd blocked the, the, the return path. So I pulled it out very, very carefully. And you know what it was? It was a bread bag, a plastic bread bag. And it was a wrapper filled with sanitary towels. It was a plug, a perfect plug. Oh, God. When I pulled it out, the water and under it to drain all the yard and all that pressure there, I was lucky it didn't get killed because it went plump, right into the, you know, to, to the other pan, up like that. Terrible. And I got it out. It was stuck right on. I had a, what do you call it, um, um, ion, a, a twist on the doing, and it got in and it held it. And I pulled it. Uh, the, 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 and I went and I was covered and, I, and she said uh, how are you going on she said how much is it going to cost you I said it'll cost you £10 I'm not paying you that she said you've only been here 20 minutes I've been there an hour and a half at least and I said it'll cost you £10 oh she said it'll only be I'm not paying you that don't be it there was me stinking and if that had to break up in the yard or break into the house or something, yeah. it would cost about a hell of a sight more. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'd never forget that. Oh, I was raking that. It'd come out, zunk. Did you ever get called out at night? Did you have a call system? Uh, of course, no. They knew my number. They knew I'd come if it was able. Uh, Did you actually start up on your own eventually? I started up on my own. Uh, I'll tell you how it come about. I've been for 16 years with wards. I was 14 years when the, the buildings at Dean Brothers. And uh, they'd started then getting very, very keen on the funerals business. And sure enough, you'd go in some night, days and you'd be on quite a good job and you'd be interested in getting it done. And Willie'd say, oh, Jim, would you mind I've got three funerals on, all, all at the same time, Morris. Could you give us a hand? And it used to rile me, you know, so you'd have to come home. Mind you, got a day off, like, you've got the rest of the day off. I get dressed up and go to a funeral. And I got, I got a signal of this. And one day, young Peter in the holidays, that was his lad. Peter runs, runs a firm now. He was only about, oh, what would it be? About 10 or 11. Well, my lads were the same age. He'd had a brand new bag just before the holidays started. He wrecked that, and in the holidays he wrecked another one. And I saw this, and I thought, I must want my bloody head feeling. I'm working here, and I can't afford to buy my lads a bike. If I was working myself, I could. So I went into the office, just up, and said, I'm finished at the end of the week. Well, he said, what? I said, I've decided I'm finishing working for you at the end of the week. He was aghast. He said, what, what's the matter? I said, oh, I'm... But other circumstances, uh, kind of run away with that, so that was it. But I, I worked for Formby Golf, Herbert House, that was a Catholic doing um, Woodwards, all the big doings, pubs, all the lot, and all the contracts. Uh, you very highly thought of in the uh, sort of uh, uh, 
It's just the toilet on threshold. Oh, the, aye. the little hospital, St. Joseph's Hospital. Uh, yeah, had them all, did them all. And flags of customers. You know, good, good folk. So that was it. Can I ask you something quite different and perhaps mm. a bit unusual? But when you were a lad here, were there any sounds that you remember? Sounds which you can recall from your childhood? Things ah, that meant something skylarks. Really? Skylarks. The place abounded with skylarks. You could walk across the fields and dear all, it was absolute heaven. Wonderful. Wonderful. The skylarks were around here, none gone now. Long gone. Yeah. Bells. What about the bells? Oh, bells, ah, yeah, church bells. Of course, we lived in St. New Road and we, St. Peter's Church bells always called it a church. We used to have to go three times on a Sunday and twice in a week. Choir practice. And uh, I used to go on a, a Friday, uh, Saturday morning rather, to... Uh, Serve. I was an altar boy. Served because I church St Peter's, and I used to do for a spell. Uh, Can you sing with an altar boy? <laughs> <laughs> what, what other sounds were there? What about? Uh, what about the Beatles? The groups. The what about the groups like the Beatles before the Beatles? Before the Beatles. Oh, the, uh, the Beatles have no to do with those. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the river, the bell, bell in, the, on the, in the sea, wasn't there a bell at the sea that used to ring? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Aye, the, uh, what do they call it? Up one of the boys. Yeah. Aye, and the foghorns. You never hear them now. Foghorns and bell, the bell at the sea. You could hear it quite plain here, too. Especially when the west wind was blowing, you'd hear it every night. And it was uh, regular. Uh, you know, uh, timed so many, so many minutes. Uh, and there must have been something to do with the uh, navigation yeah. when they knew they had that bell. You know, they had a certain time to do. Where was the foghorn? Was that from ships? And the foghorn was that from ships? Oh, the ships coming in now because we had some. It's strange it may seem we would never have them now. But all they talk about pollution. You have some terrible fogs around here, thick. You couldn't see around in front of you. What about people coming, bringing things in, you know, on handcarts, selling things, hawkers? Oh, yeah. There. Oh, aye, aye. What about the Pishnellis? Oh, we had the Pishnellis, aye, from Southport. The what? The Pishnellis. Pishnellis? What's that? Women who carry baskets of fish on their heads, you know what I'm telling you. Uh, Pishnellis. We had a, a Pishnelli and um, a lemon woman. And the onion man. An onion man, aye. What did these people shout? Can you remember what they used to cry? No, they just should knock on the door. Yeah. Uh, actually, the fish Nellies were money lenders. Really? Of course they were. They used to charge half a crown in the pound. Right. It was quite illegal. But they used to have these fish doings. But our new road was in debt to them fish Nellies. Because they used to... They used to, they used to say, if you want to borrow a, a pound... I'll give you a pound, but I want to do it. It'd be half a crown return, like. But they sell, they add fish, so if anybody, uh, you'd bring a basket of fish on the red, they'd sell it roundabout. But that was a, uh, one of the covers. So they, they were doing two businesses? Two businesses. They ran a little business offside. 
Yeah. No, I don't say all the people took it, took it, but if anybody wanted it was short of a pound, he'd always get one. What sort of uh, fish were they selling? Uh, local. Right. You know, uh, mackerel and... Right. Mackerel and... Uh, what was ever caught round about? Uh, were the fishermen here? The fishermen here, yeah, but they were only longshoremen. They used to do it with the power, you know, run along this... Like they do it shrimping at Southport. On these shrimp now with machines, don't they? They used to do it by... Walk along the tide with their power, what they call a power, push it in front of them. Sorry, start again. They, they, they had a what in front of them? A power. Power, P-O-W-E-R. Yeah, aye. And it was a great big net. Okay. A big net, maybe oh, eight foot wide, on, on a frame. And they pushed it in front of them. And the net extended and, and the, like the, the Yeah, yeah, like a bag. Right. Like a bag. So that the... They, they scooped the shrimps from the lower end of the near the sand into the dunes and washed the sand through. It was a coarse net. And when they finished up, they had these dunes and they had what they call leaps, homemade leaps, which was a basket. And they, all, they could all make leaps. I could make a leap now these days. And all you did was stick your uprights in the sand and willow, the bags of good willow around here, and well, in it any time, they were very rough, you know, willow in and out, and those that were stuck in the sand, you bent inwards, and you made the base, and you could make shape, they used to make them like, oval like that, and down the back, they used to tip these in, the water ran through, they put them on the back, they had a, a canvas straps, that just eked onto the shoulders, and away home. And what happened when they got home? Well, they boiled them and sold them, And if they were like Cottle Jack, they sold him before they got home, and he was drunk with the money he made. <laughs> before he even boiled them. <laughs> before he even boiled them. Uh, Can you get cockles here? Oh, yes. Mm. Uh, it's quite great cockle beds. It still is, but they, they're not fit to eat. Are there any fishermen now? Is anyone doing it now? Christopher in the Dizzy. Did a few amateurs go on? A few lads go on, like, just traditional kind of thing. Yeah, did, I don't think they get much. Along the coast here, yeah, I. But talking uh, just in the last five minutes of tape that we've got, uh, just talking about the farms round about now, I know that further over towards uh, Ormscombe Way, they had Irish coming. Irish uh, did they have them here as well? Yes, oh yes. When did yeah, they come? The bigger farms in Olka. The majority of the Formby farms were smaller, I suppose. Well, there's two or three big, what we call big farms. But. Um, they generally took two, two or three Irishmen in, and they used to um, get potatoes, contract. They'd so much for a field. And what uh, time of year would this be? That would be, be uh, oh, back end, October back end, now. Yeah. They'd start getting the uh, main crop. Main crop potatoes. Excuse me, I can't use that at all. Sorry, love. Main crop potatoes. This time of the year. Where would they live? Where would the Irish live? In the paddy houses. What's a paddy house? Oh, well, each farm had a little... Like, you know what shippings were for the cows? Well, they had paddy houses for the men. They weren't much better. They lived after themselves. And they lived on... Uh, what they got a few spuds and get a bit of bacon and as much ale as they could get down them and they were made. They were made, that's all they needed. Ah. Now, say that again, you know <laughs> We're just talking about paddy houses. There's a paddy house in Olke. You know Robinson's farm? 
on that little piece, there's like a paddock where they have some ponies. There's a little Which building. Robinson Alka. The one alongside the church or the one alongside the yes. main road? I'm on the alongside the main road. Oh, I know. That's a paddy house. Next to that. where Prescott's farm That's house. right, yeah. That was oh, that was intended. It's kind of made a shipping or something out of it oh, now. Oh, right, yeah. That was a paddy house originally. Yeah. Well, there was one in Duke Street at that place that Mrs Sibley drew a picture of. You know, it's a listed building. Is it Holly House, is it called? Yeah. Next to where Scabby Ryan lived. You know what I mean? Opposite the doctor's surgery. Ah. You know where the doctor's surgery is now? Yeah. Mrs. Dr. 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 Oh, oh, I know. You know that big house? Yeah, right? yeah. Do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Mm. So, did they ever get drunk, these Irishmen? Drunk? Ah, that's what they, they That's how they managed to work. They couldn't stand the rigors otherwise. Because, they, you know, they, there was uh, not so much waterproofs and anything like that. They had a sack over them and all that. They used to knock the sack into a corner and make a like a point and just shove a sack over them and now they had bow yanks on the legs and uh, bits of uh, wrapping what's a bow yank a bow yank oh that's uh, a special thing you've got to be very good for the bow yank you, <laughs> you, you tied a piece of string around your leg and you lifted it up and put a, a piece of uh, probably um, uh, what do you call it that course uh, oh, special nerve for a guy, I think. It'll come to you. Aye, it'll yeah. come in a minute. So you left the bottom part of your trousers. Aye, aye, and tied a piece of string round. That was a bow yank. And then the, uh, the Hessian went over that. Aye, well, they wrapped, they wrapped the Hessian round the feet, and then, you know, where the boots were. They all wore heavy old boots. So it went under the shoe, did it? Oh, under the boot? Aye, oh, and then put your, tell your bow yank over it, and so, so that you get a bit of, um, well, so the rain didn't run down you, down on your, in your boots. Interesting. Thank you. Formby Podcast is an independent production. It comes to you free. If you'd like us to tell your story, or you know of a story, contact us at formbypodcast at gmail.com See you next time.